reason these disturbances, they followed you to a new home, is because it's not the house that's haunted. It's your son. So, 1,100 men went in the war. 316 men come out of the sharks, took the rest June the 29th, 1945. Anyway, we delivered the bomb. Be right back! I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Oh, My name is Robert Hawkins. Approximately seven hours ago, uh, something attacked the city. Um, if you found this, if you're watching this, then you know more about it than I do. California, stay away from here. Stay away from me, I'm not, not, not coming here. John Doe has the upper hand. And on that day, Ahab will go to his grave, but he'll rise again within the hour. He will rise and beckon that all, all save one, shall follow. They're all gonna laugh at you! They're all gonna laugh at you! Hello, welcome once again to Dark Discussions, your place for discussion of horror film, fiction, and all that's fantastic. I'm one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the state of Michigan. This is Eric. All right, very well. And in the state of New York. Hey, this is Mike. Who are we here at Dark Discussions uh, Podcast? Dark Discussions Podcast is part of the Dark Discussions News Network, which is www.darkdiscussions.com. Dark Discussions News Network is a genre website that has news. So basically uh, columns, uh, reviews, um, release notices, podcasts, uh, interviews, among other things. Uh, so basically if you follow genre news, uh, it's probably a website that you should come to daily because every day it is updated daily. So you can email us at darkdiscussions at AOL.com and we will read your email on the podcast, uh, specifically this podcast here. Or you can just go to the contact us form on the darkdiscussions.com website. You can go to Dark Discussions Podcast Facebook group where you can join in the discussions. Uh, basically, there's a lot of topics going on there, and uh, you can either join in or start your own. And you can follow us on Twitter at Dark Discussion One. And uh, also, we do have uh, some other stuff on the website. Eric, we do. Uh, we have a link to our Patreon page. Patreon allows you to contribute financially to support your online artists like podcasters. Uh, so we have a link to that on every page of darkdiscussions.com. You can also go to patreon.com slash darkdiscussions. For every $5 a month that you care to donate, you'll have the opportunity to submit a topic for us to possibly do on the show. We take all the submissions. We draw one on, at random on a quarterly basis. Um, so if you would care to do that, you can go to patreon.com or slash darkdiscussions or follow the link on darkdiscussions.com. We greatly appreciate all donations. Because producing this show is not free. That's true. That's true. Especially now that we have multiple shows as well as the the website that's uh, being maintained and whatnot. Um, and speaking of Patreon, we'll have something to discuss in a moment. But before we do, um, we're always looking for uh, columnists 
or other podcasters and such. So if uh, you want to start writing your own column, weekly column, bi-monthly column, monthly column, or whatever, uh, contact us at darkdiscussions.aol.com or through the contact form, and um, we can discuss. Uh, always looking for people to review movies, um, screeners, um, write opinion pieces about uh, genre stuff, video games, iAnime, whatever. Uh, so uh, just contact us. All right, sounds good. So uh, let's move on a little bit. Uh, we have our co-host from Massachusetts that just finally joined us. Hey, everyone. This is Abe. Abe, how's it going? All right. It was a long movie, but glad to be here. Welcome yeah. to Korea! <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. They haven't figured out the 90-minute thing yet. But this will be it. Uh, now, uh, we got one more thing to do, and Eric mentioned it earlier about Patreon. Uh, we have a, uh, a new pick tonight. We're replacing the stand with uh, another uh, Patreon pick, uh, and because the stand is going to now actually be part of the Don't Tell Me, I'll Tell You, the stand podcast, a uh, weekly podcast on the miniseries the CB- on CBS called The Stand. Uh, we're uh, one of the Dark Discussions Network podcasts. Uh, there's going to be an entire episode based off of that miniseries and comparing it with the new CBS miniseries. So uh, that's still going to be done as a, a Patreon pick, but we're going to do a replacement for the Dark Discussions because uh, it was originally supposed to be Dark Discussions before we decided to move it to uh, Don't Tell Me, I'll Tell You, The Stand podcast. So, uh, Mike, what number did you get? All right, you ready for ready for the drawing? Yep, yep. That didn't work at all. <laughs> I, thought it was, I thought you already picked it. That's not what I hit. Well, that was weird. That was supposed to be a drum roll. That was <laughs> not even remotely. Now that was not even remotely a drum roll. <laughs> it's going to be about ninjas. Samurai. The and it's number 174. <laughs> okay. 174 is uh, a film. Uh, it's a really good film, actually, uh, based on a famous novel and starring one of my favorite actors of all time who just recently passed within the past six years or so. Uh, the film is called Something Wicked This Way Come. Woohoo! Oh, interesting. Yeah, so, I've so, never so, actually J- seen that. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, Jason Robards. Uh, one of my favorite actors. He's he's one of the stars, and then uh, Jason Price. I don't don't know what the the guy from Jonathan Hyde Price. No, John, the guy that Jonathan played Price. the Sparrow. The guy that right, Jonathan Price. Okay, yeah, it's um, I have I've literally not seen that since I was like in early high school. Same here, same here. But I remember I liked it a lot because at the time Jason Robards was one of my favorite actors at the time, um, and it was really good. It was kind of creepy, scary. Um, and yet it's a, a family friendly type film too, because it's a coming of age type of film. 1983. Uh, I believe so. Yeah. And, and it was also, a it's Disney, Disney actually has their name on it too. So even though it's a subsidiary, they, I, Disney's actually promoted it as one of their own films, similar to like they did with black hole, even though it isn't truly in their regular genre. Um, so yeah, it's a good film. Uh, that one will be a lot of good stuff to talk about. So uh, that was by, by Michelle Barkley. Michelle Barkley picked that one. Yeah, of course it was Michelle. Yeah, indeed, indeed. All right, so I think we can uh, begin our episode tonight. And uh, this is another film that um, was part of the top 20, uh, 2020 uh, films that uh, we never did an episode on. And uh, um, so we were looking through those and 
uh, Eric mentioned this one as, as a possibility, and so uh, we decided to do it. So, uh, Eric, why don't you let everybody know what we're going to discuss tonight? Tonight, uh, we are going to be discussing uh, a Korean film called The Call. あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ
That's right. Yeah, and it's uh, available right now on Netflix for folks who I want to see it uh, in two versions: uh, the dubbed and the subtitled. Uh, did you watch it? Uh, the subtitled, the dubbed version, Eric. I yeah, subtitled. I I, I can't stand dubbing. Gotcha. All right, very well. Uh, yeah, for me, uh, I heard about this film because of Eric. I hadn't, didn't even know it existed until early January, or, or actually mid-January, when Eric uh, had it on his top 20 horror films of the year. Um, and then he talked about it a little bit in our 2020 recap episode, uh, which is uh, doing very popular right now. It's, it's close to a 1,000 listens, so uh, thank you for all people who are listening. Um, and... Um, yeah, so uh, he suggested, and I'm always willing to go in blind uh, for, for a film. And uh, yeah, um, yeah, this film's pretty solid. It's uh, um, I only had uh, one minor issue with it, um, which uh, we'll get into later. I already mentioned to Eric, and he he said, yeah, that, that's a fair point. Though uh, all in all, it's a, it's a really good film. Uh, the the antagonist is absolutely fantastic in this film. Uh, I could have I would have put the antagonist as possibly the villain of the year. As at least a possibility to be my villain of the year for 2020. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, it's a, it's a really good film. Um, I, I I think I would have it had I seen it. I could have possibly put it in my top uh, 20 to 16, maybe. Uh, but I could also see it just missing my top 20, like uh, like how Mike and Eric mentioned, they had a lot of decent films in 20 to 30 numbers that just didn't make it like the lodge i know eric i don't think you had the lodge and in, in, in your top 20 yeah, that, that, just, that, that just missed yep yeah yeah and the call could be one of those too uh for me where it would just be just miss uh so yeah uh i would uh recommend it uh Abe. um so i only heard about this film because uh eric had brought it up um i'm not sure how i honestly missed this film um but we've been kind of just targeting certain ones as we went along the year, and you know we had had some delays and some things changed the plans. Uh, you know, 2020 was bitch, so you know what can you do? And um, so we finally settled uh, to uh, finally cover this film, uh, so we can you know give it some love and look take a look at it. And I watched it today. Uh, it's just recently because like five I, minutes ago, five minutes ago, like, because it's just, because they, the, the uh, South Korea's films are often very lengthy as hell. I mean, you get, just get comfy because you, very few of them are ever short. Um, they list the runtime on IMDb. I didn't realize it'd be that freaking long. <laughs> it's Any, Korean. Anyways, um, I did enjoy this film a lot. Um, I, thought, you know, South Korea usually hits out of the park for me in terms of movies. Um, very few of them have ever disappointed me or bored me. Um, I have to agree with Phil. Uh, Jion's performance as a, the film's antagonist was amazing. Uh, she's an extremely talented actress. I hope to see more of her in whatever films that come her way. Uh, I mean, she was out, honestly kept me hooked through most of the film. Um, not to say the actress uh, wasn't a strong performer. Uh, Park was did very well in her role, but I think that Jeon just really just kept. It was. Just, I think the villains always have a, a, a much stronger way of captivating the audience because they're so out there and so interesting, and they, they they're allowed to bend the rules in certain ways. Um, 
It's, and it's kind of funny, we're now in two, uh, two weeks in a row, we're covering some kind of uh, change your future story. Um, but uh, this one, uh, overall, yeah, I, do, I can't really talk too much about it um, without getting to spoilers, because it is one where a lot of uh, certain events are pretty major. Uh, every choice is kind of has some kind of consequence kind of thing. Um, I had some mixed feelings about certain things. I'll get to those as we go along. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm glad we finally covered this. Uh, good choice, Eric. Thank you. All right, very good. Um, Mike? Yeah, so I heard about the film because of Eric, I suppose. Um, I had originally thought, because it was called The Call, I was thinking it was based on the Halle Berry film from a few years ago that I really loved until I hated it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it kind of kind of fell off a cliff at the end. Yeah, <laughs> that was a that was a damn good movie. I enjoyed it though, except for the last fifteen minutes. Yeah, and so I was curious that that like what was another country going to do with with that story? Like, could they maybe not have that terrible ending? Um, so I was both happy and sad to see that it was clear in the, like the first few minutes of the film it was not that movie at all. Um, because on the one hand. I wasn't going to see what I thought I was going to see. On the other hand, I didn't have to worry about it having that specific aspect of sucking. Um, that, that I have to worry about. Like, I'm really enjoying this. Are they going to still ruin the end? Uh, by the way, Eric, you clearly are someone who thinks that they only go ever one way. You have clearly never seen such wonderful films such as Turkish Superman. Or, uh, you are correct. I have not. Or, or Turkish Spider-Man. Again, or, you know, correct. Uh, there, there, <laughs> there are some wonderful things you are missing, my friend. Um, I think we have different <laughs> definitions of the word wonderful. Uh, Japanese Spider-Man. Uh, anyhow, yeah, I really like this, and you can't talk about it too much without spoiling it. Uh, I think it suffice it to say this is, if I could, we've already let the cat out of the bag that there is a, a sort of a time it's not time travel. There's a time element involved. Element, yeah. The thing I would say without spoiling it is if you've seen the movie Frequency. That's, I said that to offline to Eric, as a matter of fact. Yep. That is the, that is, that is like what I was, so that's what I was watching. So, okay. This is like kind of a, a science fiction film about a person communicating with someone in the past to change the future for the better. And if you go in watching that with that mindset, um, you'll have an idea of what to expect and then enjoy the ride. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and, uh, not, not to, to take anything away from frequency or the call. They may have similar premises, but they, uh, have most certainly different, uh, shift in tones that they, they go down, uh, for sure. Um, and, and we'll discuss that. Uh, when we get into further details. So, uh, Mike, did you like the film? Uh, yeah, I liked it very much. This probably would have been a top ten film for me. Uh, my wife, Pam, by the way, this is our second time travel-ish film in two weeks, uh, both of which came from last year. And both Pam and I liked both films, but I think we both liked this one better. I think for me it was a much clearer choice than uh, for Pam. It was just as we were saying, the ending from last week was kind of the only thing that that's really separated the two for her. All right. Fair enough. 
Okay, so um, I think uh, we got a wiki, Eric. Wiki, wiki. <laughs> uh, well, and this wiki's like this is uh, gonna spoil the thing anyway. Uh, two people live in different times. Seo Young lives in the present, and Young Suk lives in the past. One phone call connects the two, and their lives are changed irrevocably. Dun dun dun. All right, very good. Um, for a couple of things uh, I've got to bring up, uh, there's not much details on it, but this film was one of the many films, uh, though in obviously a different country than um, the country we're all in, the United States, uh, but the same principle, uh, was affected by the COVID-19, uh, kept on getting pushed back and pushed back in Korea, South Korea, and then finally, um, like Wonder Woman and stuff, they they decided to make a decision similar to love and monsters is another example. So, um, so yeah, yeah, this film was actually supposed to come out, uh, early in, in 2020 and it didn't. Um, all right. So, um, I guess we can talk about things in general without bringing spoilers. Uh, we'll probably jump into spoilers quick because, uh, as Abe mentioned, uh, this is a tough film to talk about without spoiling. Um, though, um, Mike, Mike mentioned some of the, premises of, and, and analogies with frequency. Um, and, and also, uh, we spoil everything because we're not just a review podcast. We are also a review and critique podcast where we try to dissect and, and pick apart, uh, sceneries and things of that nature. Um, anything anybody want to bring up that's general to the film or horror Korean films or remakes or anything in general? Um, yeah. I actually watched this film uh, dubbed. Uh, I, I have no issues with dub because I, you know, I've seen hundreds of Japanese films. And then all the Italian horror films um, were always filmed um, in the actor's native language. And then they just um, would release it to every country, depending on what country it is, with a, a different soundtrack. So I, I've seen dozens of films, so it didn't bother me. And and these uh, actors that did the dubbing were, were really good. So, so similar to um, the platform, uh, the Spaniard film that we, we watched last year. So that's how I watched it. Um, and I think it was as, probably as effective as I guess it was for you, Eric, in the, the subtitled. Now, Abe, you're going to say something. Yeah, uh, one thing I thought was really impressive for you know Netflix uh, film is how uh, strong the uh, camera work and everything was for this film. It looked really. I think it's. I don't know, but it looked like it was meant for the theaters. Well, I, think, I just mentioned that Abe. It, it was actually a theater film that kept on getting pushed back because of the COVID. COVID. Okay, so yeah, I, so it's I, not I, a Netflix that. original film by any means. No. All right, so that probably explains a lot of the strong quality. Um, because it was a very sharp Why film. Why doesn't this suck? Okay. Well, no, it's not really that. It's just some films have you know certain budget limits, especially when it comes to, like Netflix originals and stuff like that. Um, but this is only those who uh, do uh, you know is that because of the circumstances surrounding it. Um, but one thing I really thought was really cool was the uh, effects in terms whenever a reality uh, a a timeline is changed. I thought the, uh, those effects were actually pretty uh, good, considering that um, some of the f- films I've seen from uh, South Korea, whenever these effects are kind of on the weaker side, they're not as very uh, um, clean or very uh, believable or just seem kind of rough. Um, 
robots here it's it's pretty it's pretty solid and it's very creative how it's literally a shadow of reality repeating itself to something else uh i thought those those were very creative and uh honestly i thought those were much more interesting in terms of the approach than what was done last week's film Um, um, I wanted to well, say well, I, I, I did watch the original The Color back in 2011. Unfortunately, I don't remember it very well. Um, I would have liked to have watched it again to compare. If my memory serves me correctly, which it may not, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure the original didn't have the like uh, the buddy buddy aspect that this that this one had at first. Um, like I, I don't remember them being like joking on the phone and and whatnot. Oh, that's um, that's a shame because that's like what I think makes the film. Yeah, yeah I agree. And, and, and I could just not be remembering it. So, like I said, uh, I, I would like to view the movie again and compare it, but I I wasn't going to pay for it, so I didn't. Right um, now, now I I don't think it, it is for, for us to be comparing it to the Canadian film that we watched last week called Volition. Uh, very different films, and um, I wasn't. And so, you, no, no, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about Abe and, and Mike um, because they're the ones that we're comparing the two, um, and because they're very different films. Um, the only thing that makes them kind of sort of alike is different time errors, uh, but that's about it. Um, also, the other thing too. Um, I don't know if I mean yeah it was kind of cool at first that the friendship and stuff but but I think that was inconsequential compared to uh, once the the blackmailing began and I, I thought I thought that was the part of the film that really was like okay but once... I think that works better because of what they do in that first forty five minutes or so I, I agree. Uh, I, I'm just yeah. saying I, I, I don't remember it from the other movie. That's all I'm saying. It's, it's just a it's just a an appetizer before the meal, right? That is going to make the meal better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, but, but and I was kind of already. And you don't noticed. see that coming. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, when she, we got the individual being kind of clingy at points, I, I began to think, okay, something's going to come up. So I think they were throwing it out. If you were really looking for it. Well, let's let's put up the spoiler flag so we can talk about yeah, it. Yeah, because it's going to be kind of talk, you know, yeah, this is where it gets kind of tr- t- uh, tricky trying to get into any details without revealing plot twists and stuff like that. Um, but from my, in my opinion, I thought that friendship initially was very, I, you know, that initial friendship was very important because it also created, when things started to be affected, uh, you can already see the ripple effects of how you know this friendship is so frail and turns so bitter and ugly well i I don't even know if it is is a a friendship because uh one individual may be what we call one of my favorite words a sociopath and (laughs) so take a drink everybody one of the things on the forum phil what's that again that wasn't one of the things on the form. No, it, it, but it, well, I knew I knew the, social... the terminology on the form was really going to be pleasing to Phil. Yes, antisocial personality disorder and borderline personality disorder. <laughs> I very, knew Phil was going to get all sorts of excited and start wagging his tail when he saw that. Oh, yeah. big time, dude. 
was, oh, I almost texted you when I saw that, but I said I'll, I'll <laughs> wait until the episode. Um, so yes, based off of those two things, which basically means a dissocial personality disorder. So I don't know if that friendship was really there. It was one person using another person to get out of the horrible situation they were in. And then well, the thing the- is. It- it was it was the, it was it was the opposite at first because the girl was actually helping her out. That's what I'm saying. It, it was it but, was but, but an opportunity it, to get someone to help her, which rightfully so because she was being tortured. But it was yeah, but not that, 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 that came that came second. That came second to when we let's get to spoilers. Are we are we in spoilers right now? All right, let's throw yes. it. Yes, spoiler flag is up. Spoilers uh, we should, we should probably set up set up uh, quickly. Um, basically, uh, we have this this girl um, that basically the protagonist who uh, is named Sia Yin. She has uh, a, a widowed mom who has cancer, uh, most likely metastasized to the brain. Um, well, actually, it may not even be cancer; it could just be a tumor. We, we don't. It never really explains. It's a chance that, of, yeah, but from what the doctors tell us, it, the chances are of the, of the surgery going well are not very looking good. Yeah, it doesn't look right. right. And so, um, also, she, the, uh, her father has, has died, uh, and we learn that her father has died from a fire that the mother may have, uh, unfortunately, uh, caused. Uh, not on purpose, but just, you know, for being uh, careless. That's the word I'm looking for. Thank you so much. And um, so, the yeah, the, the daughter's not too happy uh, with the mother. The, the relationship is, is pretty much there just because of blood, not because of any it's love. It's fragmented. It, it, yeah. But then again, it, it suggested that it was never good to begin with. Right, right. And so... Um, so in the old hometown where she lives and the, and the, the house um, that, that they have, the, she gets a phone call that like a bunch of phone calls that are very disturbing uh, about some, some woman saying that she's going to get killed and whatever. And, and then we, we, uh, um, we, we can get into the, the that, that's, that's basically, that's a setup right there. So that's the setup. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, all right. So, uh, where do we want to go? What do we want to talk about here? I, th- I well, think she was a sociopath right from the beginning. I, let me rephrase. Well, here's the thing. I, here's I, the thing. Antisocial personality disorder, borderline personality disorder, right from the beginning. We we don't know enough of the history of what happened before she made that phone call to say for sure whether she was born like that or whether she was like that because she'd been tortured. Sure. Right. And and I'm it, actually wondering now. If the woman who is her stepmother was mm-hmm. torturing her, not because of she's a sadist, but because she is what they call a shaman, uh, you know. We, we oh see yeah, this. no, no, we she see, says that in the movie. Yeah, yeah we see she's this. Like, in- I read your fortune. I see several deaths in your future, so I figured I'd kill you to prevent them. Yeah, <laughs> right, but but, but we. But we see this in, in that other movie that we watched, that Korean film from a couple of years ago, that shaman thing. It must be something. The Wailing? Like, the Wailing? Yeah, the Wailing, yeah, yeah. So, so it must be something within the South Korean uh, culture. Um, oh, yeah. But the, yeah, but this woman just seemed wackadoodle. Yeah, but you just heard well, what Eric said. But she was right. 
That's right. Yeah, you but can be, you can be wackadoodle and right. True. True. Yeah, but it's like it's. I think I think she made things worse. It's possible, and that's what I'm saying. Uh, we don't know enough to know for sure whether this girl has always had issues or whether the issues were called by caused by this abusive relationship. And and I want to point out, as I often have to, that not everyone who is a sociopath is a serial killer. <laughs> That's true. Um, this girl could very well have had a whatever sort of friendship a sociopath can have. We don't know what she did, as Eric said beforehand, but she does end up getting a taste of killing. And seems to like it and i think that's my sense and at least that's going to be my interpretation i'm not saying it is the only one um the mother is basically saying she, there are many deaths in her future stepmother stepmother saying there are many deaths in her future yeah um and maybe we missed clues that said she'd killed her original parents or something i don't i don't know but right. but we also didn't I'm not saying that. Don't don't say right like it was there because we don't know. I, I, it might have no, been but, there. No, but it's a, it's an astute possibility. It, it, well, it's an astute possibility based on the fact that I just found out it was her stepmother and not her mother. Um, right. But I should have known because as Disney taught us anything, it's that stepmothers are always evil. Well, and it's but not explicitly not stated, but there is a line in the movie where she says, "Where she says you're not my mother." Yeah. Okay. And also. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily say this stepmother is evil if there's an evil entity in a sense, because technically, well, even if there's not an evil demon. They're both shitheads. Yeah, all right, I could go with Right, that. You're, you're basically led, <laughs> if this was, if, if we were to re-remake this and transplant this to the United States, this would be the, um, you know, the southern preacher, you know, who's torturing a girl because she thinks she's possessed. Get and the going, devil out of you! And going, yeah. to, and going to kill her, right? And that—that's that would be sort of the equivalent here. And but she's all right. Well, kind of. It's just not she's a devil. Right. Oh no! Oh right, but but she's right about the, the many murders you're planning to do in the future. <laughs> but again, it's, but we also, if you you know, if you know you, I'm sure you do. You know, basic Greek mythology, which is that by trying to change the fate, you end up creating it. So again, this goes back to what Eric is saying: is is this? years of being tortured by her, her stepmother, what ends up creating her or was she like this in the first place? You know, and, and it, all of which is completely beside the point. Cause this is not a meditation on what creates psychopaths and serial killers. Um, but this is if a, also if she's a shaman and she believes in that and they're trying to elude that she's, she possibly has the seeing of the future, then maybe, 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 she saw it all along, and and she didn't create the sociopath. Well, well was there a and, future? And we don't she... know, and we won't know. So let's move on. Yeah, I was we here all day on this. One thing is that um, the attempts to try to do right by one another have has actually created the dark future because uh, Young Sook uh, wanted to uh, wanted to help out first by making sure that. Uh, her new friend, uh, you know, was followed, brought back from the dead, so the accident was averted. And from there, um, that act of kindness, um, she ends up being inadvertently discarded, which creates that bitterness, and, and actually uh, 
makes things worse because then uh, the stepmother discovers the communication between the two. Doesn't really know what's going on, but then that leads to uh, Sion trying to help her, and that from there is where you know trying to change the past actually creates the future, as we just discussed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, see, but uh, I don't know. I, I still think you're giving too much credit uh, to um, Young Suk. I, I, I personally think she was. She Are we going to argue this point with every comment? Who's arguing any point? Every point you're bringing up the same thing about. Right, but every point you got, you're, you're, you could say you're bringing up the same point. So what are you talking about here? The point is what we see her do. Right, but I'm, I'm trying to say if she has the dissocial personality disorder, as as the police know, then she begins to blackmail. She, she has has the the neediness, and then since she's quote unquote being discarded, as Abe said, which I wouldn't call it discarded. It was more more just not going to be able to answer the phone as much, and then that's when she starts blackmailing. I'll kill your father. No, she didn't say that. That's after when she, that's after when uh, her Sion helps tries to save her from being murdered by the stepmother. All right, I, I, I all right. Well, well, let's let's explain. Right. So the premise is that she's communicating with this girl from twenty years in the past. They're both twenty eight through the telephone. They're both twenty on a landline. They're both twenty eight year old women living in the same home, separated by twenty years. 1998 and 2018. By the way, I just want to mention quickly that I enjoyed the expedience with which they set up the need for the landline. Yeah. Yeah. First scene in the movie. Oops, I lost my cell phone. The people that found it are dicks. I'm not getting it back. (laughs) (laughs) And and the whole idea is simply they set up that there's this that she finds out there's this girl in the past who's in stress, who's in danger. Um, who seems to be being abused. And they build up some commonalities. They like the same music, for example. Um, and so she plays some music from this artist that I don't know if it's a real artist or not, um, that they make in the future. When our, this Korean artist who came to America and is about to go back to Korea. They get and they, back. They, right. And a 1999 girl likes this artist, but now she can hear music that hasn't even been created yet in her time frame and that's exciting for her because she can hear music from her artist that is new. Well right, also, she's sitting there recording the, the music off the phone. Yeah. So listen to it on cassette. And basically he's uh is also sharing like all these cool things that are gonna happen, like smartphones and just the, the possibilities that you know you still can't believe are actually gonna happen because he's just like, hey somebody called me from the like twenty years from now and tell me they're robots, you know just um, I don't know, colonizing the moon or some shit. But like, oh, really? Huh? That's pretty fucking wild. But right. it's just now, like, it's okay. the Ronald Reagan scene yeah. from Back to the Future. Ronald now, Reagan, now, the actor. Now, now <laughs> I, I think, as I said offline to Eric, and, and this is the only thing that um, I felt was weak for the film. And again, it's just a nitpick. But the two believing each other that quickly even though they set it up with you know the hidden room and all this other stuff i would have felt that 
two people who don't necessarily believe in supernatural things would immediately think they're being gaslit by somebody. And so I felt well, them, well, there's proof. Well, that, right. That's they set it up with the the room, right? Well, so, the room and with the plane crash. That's true too. You're right. So, so, but I'm also questioning. They didn't question how it was happening. You would think there would be some sort of conversation. Again, this is a nitpick. A conversation mm-hmm. like, how can I be talking to someone from 1999 or 2019? I, I just don't. If, given that neither girls hold a PhD in quantum mechanics, I don't think they're going to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was weird that they didn't... I thought Frequency did it a little better. Quantum it, film. It, yeah, let's just go to Quantum. You're right. <laughs> well, if we wanted, we could have made the movie 20 minutes longer. <laughs> and Abe still wouldn't be here. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, it's I, I get it. And if this was a novel... I certainly would expect some side passages of questioning about these things. I would have expected more than just pointing out one incident in the newspaper. But I think, you know, you keep it quick and efficient and kind of move through. It's much easier, for, you know, I think for um, the girl in the past, I think, to prove the, the to the one in the future because she's doing things that are changing the reality around her. Right. Where well, well, the it, it was doesn't kind of, have that ability. Well, well, yeah, but oddly, the movie goes the opposite way, which is she mentions the plane crash, and then that's how the the girl in the past goes, "Holy shit!" And and so I th- I thought that was kind of cool, but I, I'm I'm not even talking about them finally believing they're talking to someone from the past in the future. Uh, I'm just saying the curiosity of how this is happening and why is it happening was never really ex- set up or explained. Well, and I don't think it needs to be. Right. Yeah, well, that's, 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 that's hour, the, 50 minutes. That, that's the reason why I I, I guess um, I would have it on my 16 through 30 rather than top 10 to say you, Mike, is because that bothers me. But that doesn't mean I didn't like the film. It just means that it was hard. They, they didn't do the suspension of disbelief for me in that aspect of the film to make the film rise to the level that well, maybe that's that's the premise that you're going into the film with, you know, so just like I don't need a whole lot of details about how exactly does Doc Brown get plutonium from a bunch of Libyan terrorists. Um, <laughs> I, I don't need uh, to know again, again, though, stuff here again that that that's not supernatural. He's just he's stole it somehow. All right. But I'm but talking about and that's I'm the just, answer, Phil. It's supernatural. They don't right, know. They're not going to know. No. <laughs> right, but is the house possessed? Is it doesn't there, matter. Is, is, it is there a wormhole? Story. I, I, all right, that's fine. I'm saying this is a nitpick, but it was enough for me to to not love the film as much as I probably could have had they said that this was, you know, like for example, the movie Terrified from uh, or Terrifier from Chile from a, a few years ago. Terrified is the one from Chile. Yeah, yeah, that film. We we learn why, kind of, sort of, the, the ghosts are there because it's the location, not the house. So, and, and that kind Still of... But that's a story though. about the investigators. That's not what the story is. Right. This would have given us a 20-minute segue into a dead end that doesn't really enrich what the story is. And the movie's already long enough. <laughs> it, would, it would have made me uh, a little happier. Fair enough. You, 
I just, I just, I don't think there's a way to explain that that's satisfying enough that it would actually add to the movie. It might even convolute some things. That's my personal. Uh, Yeah, I I agree more with you, Eric, than than Abe's point of convolution. I don't think it would convolute because it would answer some questions. But this is a, a, I think, an ongoing theme. It's like we, and we've also often had this uh, friction. In that you often complain when there's adaptations about things being taken out of adaptations, where books have that, and I know this isn't based on a book, but a, a book has the ability to explore those branches, those side stories, and give you know can give you background information in a page or two. And films tend to be more streamlined and have to stick to the subject. And what if the like caller they go off on those? Branches. I wonder if the answered that, though. Again, a lot of times you can correct little flaws like that, and or if you want to codify, codify. But you you could just have like a one line thing that that answers it or something. But they don't have that. So, I, and I, I would be curious to the caller. I'm, I'm very curious to see maybe the, the original to see if that question is answered in that film. I I don't remember. I don't. Think Anyhow. So. So the, the point is they set it up so that you are intended to empathize with both women. Both women have suffered. Both women have had uh, are doing are trying to do things for the other. Um, there is. Uh, there is no reason really to believe anything. Uh, negative about either character at this point in the film, I don't think. I would concur. Uh, and they have if uh, there's a famous screenwriting book called Save the Cat where they talk about how one way like one of the and one of the cliches in films is to build build sympathy or empathy for the lead character is to start out by the, having them do a good deed at the beginning of the film, such as save a cat. Hence the title of the book. Uh, by the way, friend of the podcast, Jamie Nash has written the sequel book, Save the Cat for television goes to TV or something like that. If anybody's interested. Um, but uh, here the save the cat is not literally saving a cat, but she saves past girl, saves future girl's father by stopping the fire that kills him. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so this is to, I think, so you have this girl in the past who has been abused. So builds empathy there, strikes up this friendship with future girl who is really our lead. Yeah, so we have some empathy there, and then saves her father and improves her life dramatically for the better because her father doesn't die. They're a happier family. She has a good relationship with her mother. Her hair is longer. I'm not sure how that ties in. <laughs> um, which, I, but I did think that was a nice touch, right? That is a little right. sweet. Right? Yeah. Um. So this does feel much more like a frequency type film where it's communicating back and forth. A terrible thing happens and, and you're trying to save each other through this communication. And this is where I'm thinking the film is going to go for about an hour. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, answer that one question, Mike. It's because like uh, the back to the future, when everything's good with Marty, uh, his parents are now, uh, um, upper middle class, they're successful and all this other stuff. Everybody's dressed nicer or whatever. So that that's what what I think they're trying to get with, with the hair differences, styles and all that other stuff. Right. Yeah. I think it also just adds a little, a little touch of detail to kind of give her a sense of difference in her life, you know, like that, also, said, yeah, yeah, well I'm saying it's also like her clothing too is a lot, is a lot more uh, expensive 
a that's, line. That's what I just said. Yes, I know. I'm just adding. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but I just said that about Marty McFly. But yeah, I see what you're saying. Basically, the house is now uh, much brighter, you know, painted better. Um, everybody's happy, glow. You know, there's no like, um, literally, like you said, Abe, with the with the camera work and all that, the cinematography and whatever. All that changes. The set designs change because now life is quote unquote good. Instead well, and there's also something important that happens when young Sook stops the fire from happening, uh, which is that she learned something that she does not reveal to Seo Young for a while, which is that her mother was not the one responsible for the fire. It was her. Dun, dun, dun. So we know so about it was, all it was this. young Suk. No, no, it was our protagonist. Say Young caused a fire. Yes, yes, that's right. Yeah. So, um, so she killed her own father essentially and didn't even realize it. And her mother is selfless enough to have let their relationship fracture and let her daughter blame her for this all these years. Right. Exactly. Well, there's one thing that uh, what uh, Young Sook and I think somebody else had, uh, I think she had pointed out at one point that she's like a. Uh, Compulsive liar. Well, I don't know if it's you know what though, Abe. That's a fair point because she is a, a social, dissocial personality disorder, borderline personality disorder. Well, no, I mean so. But, young Suk- but, but but my point is, is Young Sook, even if she is that type of person, at this point in the film, it makes us still feel sympathy and and love for the Young Sook character because she doesn't want to tell the horrible truth. That CEO, oh yeah, I, I agree, oh. it, but it also kind of shows that, um, you know, our protagonist isn't as clean cut as she first appears. Well, well even, though, even though she is just a stupid girl, uh, you know. Well, she's but but this, <laughs> it's this, it's not like she did it on purpose. She was no, an eight right. year old girl who was playing cook a meal for her daddy. No, no but the, the thing is that. But there's a th- point is where uh, an earlier scene when they're in the, uh, she's with the hospital cutting fruit for her mother, and she, mother's ca- talking about you know, you know burial you know possibilities, and talking about being buried with her father, she makes it sound like, so yeah, it makes it sound yeah, like she doesn't deserve to be buried with her father. It, it, it makes a sense though, eh, because she blames the mother for the death. So that I don't think I don't see, see that analogy. But she did. But Sayon was the one who did it. But she doesn't know yeah, that. She doesn't know it, Abe. She was an eight, and she was also eight years old. She she's just a stupid kid. In other words, she did. The, didn't you hear what Eric just said? Yes, she I'm... purposely. Uh, the mother purposely didn't tell the truth that you killed your father because she didn't want to destroy her daughter's uh, mental health. And so when she says that to her mother as an adult, that I don't want you to be buried on top of dad or even next to him because I blame you and, and the mother just sucks it up. So that's just bitterness. That's not evilness. Well, you have a question in there at some point in the last 20 years, did they, the option of forgiveness never end up on the table? Right. I would I I, I I agree. Yeah, there there obviously no one 
you could if Abe has a point if we all agree that Sion Yun, even if she thinks the mother did it, she's never in her eighteen years or 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 I should say ten years since it happened, um actually twenty years. Twenty, I'm sorry. Twenty years since it's happened, never said, Mom, I forgive you. Right. Right. Especially since mom is dying of brain cancer. Right? Right. Um, if I, I could certainly understand how that may not be a thing for most people to resolve until maybe much later in life. But the terminal illness would be a thing that I would think would kind of force the issue. It, you know, put, yeah, put it on the table, you know? I mean, you think he's able to, you know, because there's a cancer, you know, as the doctor said, the mother might not survive the surgery. Even just one, you know, mistake in the surgery could cause paralysis or coma. So you think there would be a chance for them to just talk about it last because they might not have a chance for it later. Well, you know what, though? I, I agree. A, a better person would, no matter how much they dislike that other person, would grant forgiveness and respect especially in, in the mother's situation at this point. But again, we're not in her, her, her shoes. So we don't know how she really feels about, you know, maybe she was wicked close to her father. And then even Mike, you mentioned earlier, we don't know if, if her relationship with her mother was even good when the father was alive. Well, actually it shows a level of indifference. She, uh, like she ignored her mother at numerous points. She always she was a, she was a daddy's girl. Right. So if you love a person like she loved her dad, maybe and and that happened at eight years old, and she's been told all these years that the mother was the, at fault. That may, may have created her to always be bitter to the mother, even to the point where the mother is going to pass away and die. Similar to what Mike and you have been saying and Eric's been saying, which is was the beatings that created um, uh, Jung, Jung Suk to be a sociopath or was she always that way anyway? I think the being I think all those circumstances had pushed both women into circumstances that were beyond the control, beyond their already existing conditions. You know, being beaten and torment, tortured and being told you're possessed and stuff like that could really exacerbate things. Being told your mother was ex- uh, responsible for your father's death could absolutely imprint things. It's, it's about, you know, because both women end up being products of their own environments. At the end. I would concur with that, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And even, and even if young Sook was a sociopath and and tended to be a possible serial killer eventually as a child she no one deserves that type of um i guess parenting yeah even well, even if if they're apt to be already damaged anyway well there's also the thing of the very fact that i guess Whatever medical attention she was getting beforehand, her stepmother took her in, was no better. Because at one point, the stepmother threatened to throw her back into the asylum if she didn't follow the rules and stuff. Well, see, see, there, there, there's another hint that makes me think she was already a sociopath even before um, she landed up with the stepmom because she landed up in asylum. But, again, that doesn't mean 
torturing didn't cause her to go to, like Mike said, not all sociopaths are serial killers. So maybe she still could have been a person that, if not able to actually work, live in society, she could have been a, a functional, a, a functional yeah, sociopath. Right. It, or, or she could have been a functional mental patient in an asylum, you know, and I'm not talking about the, the horrible asylums we saw seeing, you know, 1920 films. I'm talking about, you know, nice asylums, you know, and, and just someone that needs help. They have to stay in there just to protect themselves and other people, but still are treated with dignity and respect. Yeah. But, but the way it sounded, though, this asylum was the the, the former, the right. horror shows, because it sounded like it, the house with the crazy religious stepmother was an improvement. Right. So we do know one thing is most likely she was always mentally damaged from from birth at some way, not necessarily the way she turns out to be as a serial killer, but some way because she why would she have landed up in a mental institution in the first place unless well because well, that what was would because have happened, she was, what might have happened died and then she just had a nervous breakdown and landed in, in an institution well what, that what would well what might have happened to future girl if the truth had been out that she had been the one to cause the accident to kill her father um we don't know what would have might have happened to her under different circumstances, why someone might end up in an asylum, especially we don't know what kind that's of right. asylums. I sure as hell don't know what kind of asylums they would have had in Korea 20 years ago. Uh, right. well, and, and that's that was my point, which is she could have landed up in an asylum because her parents died and she and she had a breakdown when they died. And so it could have had nothing to do with her being a sociopath. Well, I'm just saying, so there, there may be more in common between to these two. Um, then we know who knows how either one would have turned out. I don't know that that's necessarily the heart of what the film is trying to talk about, though. I don't think that this is a, you know, this isn't a thing where they tried to say, oh, if some things had been different, you could have been where I am or I could have been where you are. I don't think that's a main theme that the film is trying to explore. Uh, no, I don't even know if there is a theme. I think it may just be an ent entertaining thriller that they were trying to do. And they thought it was an awesome idea in the original film. And they say a serial killer you mistakenly helped the serial killer and you didn't, you didn't mean right. to. And, and it comes back to haunt you at the end. Right. So I, yeah, I, I had to step away for a moment, but, uh, so last I thought in our, in our plot synopsis that she had, had helped, uh, save the dad. Um, she being young Sook, um, and so now life is happy go lucky for so young and because she's enjoying life more she's not sticking around to answer the phone as much as she used to and that bothers young suck um and yeah a point detail to add to that eric is that while her uh so young's uh, life improves you actually see the conditions within uh young suck's life actually get worse mhm mm um and then at some point uh so young figures out that um young sook got murdered by her stepmother uh she finds a newspaper article about it uh or maybe she finds it online i don't remember but uh she finds it out one way or the another and then uh tells young sook that she thinks she's going to die tonight uh because of this and so uh because she now has foreknowledge of what's to come uh, she's able to avoid uh, 
getting killed by her stepmother. Um, but turns it the other way around and decides to kill her instead. Which I think, this is me, is defensible given the circumstances. I would concur with that. At that point, I still wasn't convinced. At that that point. Now, again, we can get into an argument over whether does this give her a taste for a thing, or is this who she was all along? I I think it absolutely gives her a taste, because she even delivers a line later, like, I I feel alive for the first time. Right. But I also think she was possibly heading that way anyway, being as so I mean I think, I think she, she was already solution for it, but it hadn't it hadn't uh, like she hadn't realized it yet. Yeah. But having killed her stepmother, she was like, "That was awesome." This, this is <laughs> yeah. what I'm thinking: is is that she was a sociopath all along, but had she not had an opportunity to defend herself and also get vengeance from someone that she considered evil to her, meaning she killed that person, if she had never been in that situation where she killed. The mother, there's still a chance she could have been a functional, a functional, non-criminal sociopath the rest of her life. But because she did do that murder, even though it is defensible somewhat, at worst, it was it was second degree murder. Well, it, 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 it was the thing that made her decide to become, oh, OK, it's easy to kill people, especially ones I don't like. Well, I, I think at that point, it's self-defense. I don't think it's murder. Yeah, well, then after, of course, you have to take into consideration she chops up the body and stuffs it in the fridge. Well, that's right. covering it yeah. up. Right. Well, right. Well, that's why I'm, I think it's second degree murder, because at that point she didn't have to kill them, the stepmother because the stepmother screwed up because she stabbed a, a teddy bear or one of those giant oh. stuffed animals. And she's not going to try again? Yeah. Well, no, at that point, technically, she could have left and say, if you come near me, I'm going to kill you and then just gone to the cops and, and reported it. So, you know, but she didn't. She decided not to. What she decided to do was was basically kill the stepmother, meaning you could argue that it's second degree murder. That's what they would argue in court. And the defense uh, I don't would argue care. I it's, think it's fine. It's, it's defense. <laughs> I, no, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you, Eric. I'm just I would have probably killed her too, because it's like fuck you. Um yeah, exactly. but, but I'm just saying legally the the law would probably go for second degree while her defense. Well, I don't would know go what the law second. is in Korea. Alright, well either way, let me finish my point. The the law would go second degree, at least in the States, and then her defense would go self defense. And I think that's how it would play out. In the states, right. well, all right, all right. well, well, it would be it, in Korea. It would be some sort of murder, whatever degree. It, I don't, it maybe doesn't. But matter. just say murder. She would be the courts would charge her for murder, it and she doesn't her, matter. Well, I kind of yeah. I mean, you're right because again, as Mike has been saying throughout this podcast, the, the main point isn't. These little things. It, you it's keep really, on leading us down dark alleys, Phil. It's the thriller part that that is what's <laughs> interesting about the film, as well as the the time quantum changes that occur. Quantum, because quantum. Wackadoo. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the idea that now you have literally turned your life over to a serial killer who right. has total control of, of your future. Right, yes, and sir. and you cannot do anything. You were are, are, are about as helpless to do anything as a human being can possibly be, especially since you're stuck in the future and they're in the past. So anything they do, 
it's going to affect you. But also, it might have been okay. It might have been okay um, if Sung Ho hadn't shown up. Because uh, if the mother disappeared or anything, she could have found an article about that. Uh, and uh, Young Sook could have said, just, just uh, I, I, she left and I don't know where she went. Uh, and she wouldn't have known the wiser. However, Sung Ho shows up and finds the chopped up body of the mother in the refrigerator. Right. And then Young Sook's like, oh, I wish he hadn't found that. Now I got to kill you too. Yeah, for, for folks who don't know what we're talking about, uh, basically a fr- local farmer brings a bunch of strawberries. Um, so it's similar to like, you know, the milkman. Um, he's the in strawberry the 1950s. man. Strawberry yeah, so, so he's basically a small town. So the local uh, farmers and, and produce pe- and, and meat people, whatever, they bring f- door to door. And so he brought um, that strawberries and he was going to get a beer or a soda or something and, because he, he was offered it or something. I don't know. Or he was going to put the strawberries in the refrigerator. He was, he was, yeah, he was putting the strawberries away. Yeah, that's what it was. While she went to use the can or something. And inside are all these trash bags. And he's like, what the fuck is this? And he finds the head of and the corpse pieces of the stepmother. And he freaks out. And then, yeah, then she says her first like psychopath line of the, the film, which is, oh, I wish you didn't open that and look. Now I'm going to have to kill you, basically. Um, but already, though, she was kind of already blackmailing so young by saying, you got to tell me what the cops are going to find so I can... I no, don't no, no, that's the point I was trying to make, Phil, is All that right. the, only, the only reason that came up is because she killed Sung Ho. Oh, you're and right. in the future, there was no more Sung Ho or Strawberry Farm. And So Young is like, "What the fuck is going on?" Right. And then, and then that was what was going to put her in jail, not the mother's death. It was going to be the farmer's right. death that was going to put her in jail. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. And so she needs So Young to find out how the police catch her. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And then she keeps, and then that's when she starts blackmailing by saying, "If you don't help me, because you know she obviously doesn't want to necessarily help, because now you just murdered an innocent farmer who I was friends with, right?" And, and she goes, "Well, if you don't help me, I'm going to kill your father again." <laughs> and and that's uh oh, and that's pretty much well. Actually, actually, what happens is she kills the father anyways, but she gets a hold of the younger later. self. Yeah. Much later, yeah. Well, and there's a there's this it just keeps ramping up uh, after the initial killing of the stepmother. Uh, the movie kind of takes off like a rocket, um, right? And that's the, the moment. Forty five when... minutes is the setup with the phone calls and the friendship and the talking about what's in the future and so on and so forth. Uh, but the second that she murders the stepmother, uh, from that point on, it's like. Then this happens, then another thing happens, then another thing happens that changes the future, and then this is the cause of that, and then this is the cause of that, and then this is the other thing. And it's like, what, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> right, and that's, that's when the movie becomes what it really is, and that's when you realize this, this is not Dennis Quaid. This is going way darker. There is not going to be some heartwarming thing at the end where like they meet up when... Uh, when when she's forty, where, where you know she's now a forty-eight-year-old woman, happily married with children, 
No. He gets to meet the girl who saved her life and, you know, got her out of the closet from the abusive mom. Nope. No. You have now enlisted a person who is a serial killer and given them... Uh, the troll of your future. The ability to, to get them out of everything that they're going to get caught in. <laughs> yeah. As well as as well as what Abe just said too, basically blackmail you by threatening your own future, <laughs> right? So, I ha- so she, and yeah. I have to, you know, uh, I have to also give, you know, as I already credited her beforehand, but Jayon really just steals the spotlight whenever she's on screen. Uh, her mannerisms and her just her, her overall behavior was both unsettling and entertaining. She has a great psycho laugh. Oh, she well, does. Let me. Let me let me ask you because because when I was watching it, I was I was loving it. But looking back, I'm, I'm beginning to wonder: was it too over the top? Because prior yeah. to that, she wasn't like a psycho laugh like that. She she was like just a a, a girl that had some issues, and now she finally she's... feels alive, Phil. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. That's it. Okay. This is sure. this is a girl who has been yeah. has been locked up for for years. Right. And yeah, she's she's independent and she's independent. And so you get a taste of this when she gets out of the house. And you can under- identify, I think, with her. You're like, oh, shit, she killed her mom. But mom kind of had we, we think thought we think mom had it coming. And she goes out on the town and she buys herself a whole bunch of shit and, you know, gets a, a you know, a, an anime girl wig and, you know, whatever. She's just and she's having fun. She's having life. life. And when you realize things go south is when she kills Strawberry Man. Right. And, it, you know, it's, it's like, I think, I think uh, the death of, of the Strawberry Farmer exacerbated things. Like, I wonder, I wonder at certain points if that guy never discovered the body, would she have kept killing? And, or, you know, because I feel that that just kind of kept it, go, you kept it going, you know? I That's think, a good question. I think the answer is yes, uh, but she would have been smarter about it. Like, that was a spur-of-the-moment thing that happened, and she didn't plan it, and so she got caught. I, I think had he not found the body, uh, she she would have eventually been drawn to it because of the thrill she got out of killing her stepmother but maybe been a little better and not gotten caught. Well, at the same time, I thought she, because most of the time she's just been, you know, just living her, trying to live a life, like in terms of like the thrill of it, like buying stuff, eating the food she wants. Thank you. Just leave the serial killer alone. Everything would be fine. Well, But that's where I think you you misunderstood what Eric was trying to get at, which is Eric said that, yeah, okay, she's going to do all that at first because this is brand new. She can now do all these fun things. But eventually the thirst to be the serial killer that we see later in the film was going to happen anyway is what uh, that's Eric's opinion. And I would concur with Eric's opinion. Yeah, I think that the stepmother, uh, whether you believe in the shaman stuff or not, she had that vision of death in uh, Young Sook's future, and I think she was right because that's the way she is. At least I, at that point. I, I mean, yeah, I, I guess that makes sense too. It, it just felt like it it's just a good kinda, question, though, Abe. It's a good question what you're asking. Because you know, it just like feels like it created like a like a uh, you know once. The, the the mother was at the top of the, the roller coaster, and suddenly, after the strawberry man goes, that roller coaster keeps rolling. He has to keep killing and covering things up. Because 
that that's when the police really start kind of digging in because they're trying to find the Strawberry Man. Mm-hmm. Right. No, and, and another example of a film that Eric's seen, I don't think either of you other have, but I mean, Eric have, uh, A Good Woman is Hard to Find. There's a woman there that has to do a bunch of murders as well, and one to, you know, and she has to chop up and cut up and, and hide and all that. But once the problem is done, it's done. And, and she's not built to be a, a serial killer at all because she never was. It was because she was forced into it. Doing what it was she a had solution to, to a particular problem. Exactly. While here, killing the mother, the stepmother, was a solution for a particular problem. But she immediately says she feels alive. And I think, as Eric mentioned, based off of what stepmother had said because again this is a supernatural film because they're talking through time through phones and all that so obviously why why wouldn't the mother's premonition be wrong too so i think i think everything that eric stated was that she was predestined to be that anyway and really the moment that that proves it for me is after she's talking on the phone and she wants her to, to help her get out of all of this and uh she hangs up on her twice in a row that scene where she goes completely fucking batshit uh, and starts beating up on the chopped up body part of yes. stepmother in the sink. That person's not right in the head. I'm pretty no. sure she would keep on killing. Yeah, no, yeah. that's that's true. I did love that shot of her sit, sitting behind, you know, in front of the uh, sink as the, uh, the, the water's kind of coming down. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was a really cool shot. I think, she, I mean, she she really, I, yeah, I've seen the actual pictures of the actress before any makeup, and she looks really, you know, she's gorgeous. Um, but, you know, we, so you can see the really, absolutely cool transformation they did with the makeup. And it's very, like, little things to make it really unsettling. Her teeth are yellow because they're unkept. Her hair is disheveled. And she's very, she's much more, uh, you know, dirtier and more unkempt and just, Lower high strained. This is a killer who's, and while times are over the top, I definitely agree at certain points with Bill that sometimes she kind of goes little um, uh, Woody Woodpecker with a, with a hatchet. Uh, but there are times where I think the most subtle and more, uh, how should I say, more uh, tw- uh, like she, you can you can see how there you know there's. Nuance, but mostly like a, like a like a a, a, a booby trap spring ready to go off at certain points. Like even when she has, she's letting like the the mother and the cop, uh, Sam's mother and the cop go in the house. You can see she's ready to she looks ready to spring, even though she looks disinterested. Like she's ready to get set off by anything. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, she she's walking the thin line. That's basically what you're trying to exactly. say. Exactly. Well, I think I think let's remember this is a woman who. Her shaman stepmom knew was crazy, who had been in an institution. I'm guessing she doesn't hide her abnormality well. No. And so she's... so the idea that she becomes kind of over the top when she's off the hook, I, I don't really have a problem with it. Right, right. Yeah, like like Buffalo Bill. Right. And in, in that movie where he's he's normal when he answers the door and all that. But behind closed door, he's fucking nuts. She a great big fat person. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, 
<laughs> That's awesome. So, Let's yeah. Funerals against the Wolves again. <laughs> It's awesome. Eric, that's the best. Well <laughs> she's she uh, well she's yeah, she could also see how she's very uneducated. She's not the smartest killer. Um well, she's know, been locked in a closet for a few years. Yeah, I mean, still, but but I think actually, actually if she becomes a really smart killer. Only after only after only after Sayon helps her get off the hook. Not before. Well, obviously right, but at the beginning she's she's a she's she just learned how to ride a bicycle. Yeah, but I'm saying in terms of like the things, like she, any common sense or any ways to trick the cops and stuff like that, she makes mistakes in her alibis and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it's only thanks, you know, to say you on being forced to. Well, well that's the change. thing. If she was, she was going to get caught. So the future was changed because she blackmailed. Um, our protagonist. Yeah, but what I'm trying to add is that, um, and compared to most killers in fiction, she is much more believable in the sense that she is sloppy. Because all the killers who do only, get only caught, the begin, only the only only the farmer. Uh, After the farmer, she's not sloppy anymore. Yeah, but even even the actual fi- killers in history who have killed many times, they do something stupid, or like Ted Bundy trying to be his own lawyer. They end up oh, getting oh, no, caught. No one's disagreeing, but but for every every Ted Bundy that gets caught, there's a Zodiac that doesn't. I'm not sure about there's that. A Jack Ripper, Jack Ripper, <laughs> there's anyway. a Jack Ripper that doesn't get caught. One so, of my favorite moments in the movie um, was when uh, I, I keep on having to stare at these names or else I can't say them. Uh, young Suck. Okay. That's uh, why we, I go Future Girl and <laughs> suck is, that's uh, why I've been saying protagonist and antagonist instead. Uh, when when she's forcing Seo Young to uh, to get her out of this mess, and she does her little uh, Google search and finds where there's going to be an explosion that day, and like, oh yeah, they find the knife you used in this place, and you got to be there around five so you can get it. That was a cool scene. That was really cool. It's a cool scene. And I was so bummed for her that it didn't work because now she's screwed. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that serial killer who was angry before is now pissed. <laughs> what happened to the puppies? Uh, no, oh, I, I think we I know was, what happened to the puppies. Oh, my God. I was, I, they were was adopted. Puppies? I thought they were rabbits. No, they were puppies. They're puppies. Oh. Uh, I was so pissed with this film because of that scene. Yeah, get over it, dude. It was those puppies were cute, and we're over it. I wasn't. I'm. Still they weren't really killed, Phil. Speaking of sociopaths, <laughs> for supporting puppies, Mike. That's not sociopath. I, I think How, you missed well, it. He was uh, talking about me, Phil. Jesus. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh yes, yes. In I, fairness, I, usually I would be talking about Phil. <laughs> See, I realize that it's just a movie and no puppies actually died. Phil can't make that distinction; otherwise, he wouldn't be upset about it. But, but those puppies were like whimpering, so and that's. But it was wasn't like, real. Yeah, no, no there puppies were, no were actually killed. Yeah, I know. I, know, I, know. I have no idea. What are the rules in, for animal cruelty in South Korea? <laughs> oh Jesus, Mike! Thanks. 
I just made a I don't, I don't even. I don't even want to rip the bandaid off. Yeah, Mike, Mike, let's not go there. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I, you know, honestly, I was, I was actually pretty surprised they didn't show it happen. You know, considering how um, brutal this, this film had, had certain points gotten. Then again, compared to some of the other South Korean films, like uh, I Saw the Devil, the violence was a little more subdued. Like, some of the deaths were actually off-screen and stuff. Yeah, we didn't actually see the stepmother getting hacked up. Yeah, or or the father oh, oh. getting her head, ba- or the father getting her head, his head bashed in. Right. Now, also, um, I I think, right? Yeah, after ex- the explosion in the garden, the, the or the conservatory, that's when she decides I'm going to kill her father. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And to be fair, that's yeah, I'd be pissed too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean it's it's legit in the sense that I want vengeance, but unfortunately it's the father that she's she's killing and not the person that actually almost tried to kill her. <laughs> so in other words, if she tried to kill Sion Yun, that would be okay because that, you just tried to kill me. Mm-hmm. But she didn't. She killed the father, which was that's that's not good. Well, it's about revenge, and that's a better revenge. Yeah, because yeah. first she first she killed the dad, and she had to deal with that, and then she poured boiling hot water on the younger self. Oh yeah, that was a brutal one there, Jesus. Yeah, especially since the scars start to appear in the future too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. actually, I was just hoping that that Sion Yun would 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 just go splatter in the in the the tunnel. Because it's like, if the car disappears, everything disappears, shouldn't she still be flying in the air and just get splattered? <laughs> quantum, <laughs> Phil. Quantum. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Everything just stops and she falls on the... Or that, what happens if she was laying on the ground and a car ran over her? That'd be quite an interesting way to cut the credits. <laughs> Ew. Thump, thump. <laughs> <laughs> and then end credits. Exactly. That would have been awesome. Just, you know, instead, instead of playing the credit music, just play... Uh, Keep your uh, curb your enthusiasm at the end. Oh, curb your enthusiasm! <laughs> but no, that I really I thought this, that scene where the father disintegrates and everything like that was really effective. It just kind of shows how everything just takes an absolute swerve. I mean, things were already getting dark before, but it gets so much worse at that point. Um, right. Because it, it was, you know, I think it was really it really helped the film with actually getting to know the father a little bit. Show him what a special guy he was, right? Um, and that really made the scene much more palpable instead of just being, you know, insert dead parent character to main character here. Well, and, and by that point, the, the father w- was in the film for a good half hour as a lead yeah. character, in a sense, and and like you said, he was a great guy. And and not only does he get clubbed to death in the past, but he dissolves and dies in the future. It's just terrible. Poor bastard. Yeah, it, 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 and you know, just the, and it was just really the, the idea of you know just a, a chicken without his head, as Young Sook uh, taunts, and the phone call was just a gruesome image. Um, consider what she did with that uh, fire extinguisher to him. I right. only, so it was just a lot, it was just a very visceral moment, and it, I, I, th- I think. Um, I don't know. I just think sometimes leaving it to the imagination really made things very effective. Um, 
And no, it, I mean, this, I don't know. There's just so many strong moments in this film. I can't really think of actual events that were felt overall weak and or wasted. Well, once Eric mentioned where where the movie, you know, jump starts at the death of the stepmother. I mean, yeah, the the, the film is 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 a great thriller. Yeah, and you know, it doesn't it doesn't. I mean, it's a long movie, but it doesn't feel you know those movies that are usually lengthy, but they feel much longer than they should, kind of thing. I, I got to tell you, I, I turned it on. And then I said, holy shit, that's right. This is a South Korean film. And, I pre- <laughs> and, and then I pressed the, the little button to see how long it was. And I was like, damn it, two hours? Bastards. I mean, you I, people I, need to get an attention span. Crying out loud. I mean, no, I, I, I usually don't have two a Two hours isn't thing. that long. No, it isn't. It isn't. I mean, well, I've watched... I'm so used to now the 90-minute film. You know, that's been the standard now for – Try watching The Towering Inferno. <laughs> That was that was a good film. I enjoyed that. But yeah, well, three one, hours one, long. One thing I really think that South Korea really does well with their films is that even the length of their films, they really keep you arrested in whatever happens. I mean, but if, if you're mistaken, we're only getting to see the good South Korean films. They don't they don't uh, bring over the the crappy ones. So I'm no, sure they have well, some good and bad. There. No, no, I, I've I've gone. I used to buy uh, from DVD Asian, which was a you could get like DVDs from Korea that weren't over from over here or Japan from over here, mm-hmm. and and I used to get a bunch of horror films from them, and, and a lot of them were like kind of crappy. Really? <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, and, and and that's the reason why they never get an American release is because you know they're they're well, a uh, version. Of- Whoever licensed the good ones should be given a pat on the head, cause they uh, exactly the the good ones that they license and they bring over here, they're good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's but, a lot of them. You have to have a certain likeness for them, though, because a lot of them are get artsy or whatever. Like like the Wailing was like a real arty house film and stuff. But generally, if you're you're okay with with films like we are. You, you, you probably would would like. Speaking both. of licensing, Phil, how was the dub overall? It was excellent. Really? Good. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, I I didn't notice they, there was no like uh, karate films where where you know you know they're they're like speaking for ten seconds and then they go yes. <laughs> you know, not, it, was, it was really good. It was it was. Yeah, reading good. subtitles just bothers me less than the the I, not I, matching the mouth. Yeah, this, I actually, dub, this dub was similar to, like I said, the platform because I watched a dub of the platform, and that was really good too. Okay. Netflix is doing doing good dubbing. I don't disbelieve you. I just prefer to hear the performance of the original actor. Yeah, I yeah. mean the, the performance of Jing, uh, Jayon as the villain in the original language is just so damn good. Yeah, I, I mean, either way, uh, I, I for those who like dubs. It's good. So either way, the film is good. Either way, it appears because you guys watched it subtitled and think it was good, and I watched it dubbed and I thought it was good. So I think you, you, whichever way you prefer, meaning the audience that's listening to us, you, you'll be fine either way. Mm-hmm. If, you know, if you like dubbing, you'll be happy about the, the outcome of the film, and if you like subtitles, you'll, you'll be happy with the outcome of the film as well. The viewing experience, indeed. Um. 
What else do we want to talk about? Oh, I love the ending. I was so glad it happened that way because it, it <laughs> was it was a left field, you know, because a lot of films would would do like Mike said about Volition, you know. Mm-hmm. They decided not to go that well. They decided to go the way it should, the way it probably should have gone. Super Doc. Super Doc times. <laughs> <laughs> the dark and the wicked. Very dark. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yes. I thought that was good. I thought that was good. Unfortunately, that means there's going to be lots of serial killing going on for a few more years. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I have to, I have to keep wondering though, how did the older young still get a hold of so many refrigerators? Where did she get all, all that money? I know that's a good question. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that, if you really think about it, the film has some problems like that. It's like where does, where do they get their money? So especially young suck because she's not working. Doesn't appear that she came from wealthy family. So where did where? Yeah, well, exactly. That's a fair point. Yeah. I mean, they did. She did own the house. Yeah, but they were selling the house. But again, they may have been selling the house because they were needed money due to financial problems too. We don't really know. It didn't yeah. seem like it was a move because oh, we got a better job and we're going to decide to move into the city. It was like one of those moves that may have been uh, due to unfortunate uh, financial situations. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't pick any movie though. Hmm. What's I, that? I, I said you can nitpick any movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, it, it was just it was just kind of me. We wonder was like because you know each of those fridges probably cost quite a pretty penny because some of those were fancy fridges. No, and that's a real fair question, Abe. I mean, uh, so, some people who do really think about certain things like that will say that those things would kind of bother them, and that's fair. You know, everybody watches films differently. Hmm. Um. But you know, I I kind of liked uh, the nineteen ninety nine Young Sook more than the older Young Sook in terms of characterization presentation. Okay. I only because I I don't know I felt there was something a little more grounded with the uh, younger Young Sook than the all black and torture chamber future Young Sook. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, now she, the the future one is is basically a machine now, and while the other one is still a kid, you know, and we're watching her murder and go crazy, you know, we're watching it live, and then at the end, you know, she's just a machine. So, I guess you could say it's more interesting to watch someone that we thought was a protagonist turn into. A, an antagonist. And that, well, that made... I, I think it's also because I felt that uh, the older young Sook had a lot of the old uh, villainous and zero kill cliches. You know, layer with all, all body parts displayed all over the place, all dressed in black, all mis- manner of weird murder machines and stuff like that. And I kind of found that the other one uh, more human, at least still more uh, menacing. Yeah, that's fair too. That's fair. I mean, yeah, I mean, compared to say Buffalo Bill, even though he, he, you know he had a, a friggin' hole in his his basement, so he was and he was wearing I fucking mean. leather. <laughs> he's going doing every time you bring him up. <laughs> he's he's wearing wearing you know woman suits and all this other crap. But 
Yeah, he didn't. He didn't have Eric or the, Buffalo Bill. He didn't have all the, the torture. <laughs> That's what that's what Mike basically called you, Eric. That bastard. I heard it. Um, Stop trying to start fights. No wonder why Mike hasn't spoke spoke for a while. Did you do something to him? <laughs> He's in my fridge. He's wearing Mike. I'm just chilling uh, in the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, so, horses. But yeah, you're 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 right, Abe. Uh, the older version of her, she was over the top. The you know the her whole dungeons, you know, and all that crap. So yeah, I know That's, because I, I I always liked when it comes to serial kills. I mean, Hamlet was entertained, but I always liked the uh, the those killers that are a little more have that disturbing but human quality to them. I like you, uh, good lair. Yeah, I mean, once in a while, it's fun, but I always like the. I mean, as I said, Young Sook in the in the uh, the one we spent the most time with was just really entertaining in the sense that we could. She was a lot more, felt more alive than the one we see in the future. Um, and I was glad we spent more time with that one than we did with the other one. Um, well, you know, killing wasn't fresh and new anymore. Uh, you know, but what's she gonna do? Stop. Yeah, but it's, right. I don't know. I don't know. I, but I, I think it also because the disturbing and strange quality of her, the character also reminded me of Young Ming from The Chaser. Um, it's a really good one. It's a really good thriller. But the killer was creepy but believable. Um, very dis- and it's a really good thriller. Um, and but so I, I just think there's just some moments that the, those who the, the killers who look the most likeless and the, and feel the most have well, still are scary but still have the human quality the most believable for me. All right, well, well let's let's move on because we 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 get your point. You like the younger one versus older. What what let's talk about the older one. If you knew that this serial killer, Young Sook from 1999, knows you in the present, and that older version of her could come and get you, what would you do? Or would you go after her first and try to take her out? Well, the, problem, the, only, the only choice is is try, is try to affect the past because even if you kill the one in the future, it's not going to affect the one in the past. Right. right. Well, and, and that's the thing, is that technically she could have just killed the eight-year-old version of C. Young and, and, and be done with it. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, I'm the, like my one nitpick of the movie is that like, oh, why didn't she just fucking kill the girl and be done right. with it? Right, exactly. That's what I was thinking too. And uh, I mean, she eventually gets to do it, but she has to do it as a, a 28 year old or whatever it is instead mm-hmm. of an eight, eight year old. Yeah, yeah. But you know why? Because it makes it more exciting. Because now it's the present, and yeah, but again, it could have been cool to see her start dissolving. Oh my God, I was killed in the past, and I begin to dissolve. Mm-hmm. Well, that but, does happen at the end. You well, right, right, that's true. Yeah, and also she technically could have killed her at any point, but in that twenty-year period. Well, she need she needed him to to at least make sure her tracks were covered. It was just every time she thought she had everything covered. All of her, you know, her dots, her eyes dotted. There was something else that she didn't foresee beforehand, which that's why her future self came to play with contacting her. Right. Well, you know, 
I'm going to still go and say that I kind of like the the old version of the serial killer too because she does become the, the Buffalo Bill in a sense. And well, I, I, was... I didn't say I disliked her. I just liked the, uh, the original. But let's not get into that again. Fair enough. Um, uh, I, any... oh, oh, I did. I did. Re- uh, I did. Um, like uh, the uh, the uh, the final sequence of uh, watching the uh, when the mother and uh, young Sook are fighting, you could see this, the marks and blood stains appear on the walls of the house. Like basically, the fight was happening is where uh, Sun Young could see all the stains and stuff. Of the old right. house. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Right. I thought that was. Oh, I like. I liked how she she wrote on the on the floor. Pick up the the phone. Oh yeah. You yeah, know, for the future for the future version of her. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just gotta say, probably uh, MVP of this movie in my eyes is uh, Seoyeon's mother. Oh yeah. She's a champ because first she took it on the chin. And let her daughter hate her her whole life, thinking that she killed her father when she didn't. And then even after that had been erased, uh, she still comes to the rescue and save her daughter. Mom of the year. Yeah, and it's pretty badass her just grabbing the knife and then throwing both of them off the, uh, the stairway. Yeah, that it, was pretty sweet. It was pretty awesome. There was one interesting detail I noticed, though. Older young Sook and the mother both had scars on the sides of their neck. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I I know that some people who have certain like reruns of cancer have surgery marks there, but I know the I think the mother got that from the knife. But yes. I'm trying to where, figure out where Young Sook got it, either from her habit of smoking too. But I wonder if some sort of parallel or something be meant there. That's a good question. I don't know. Yeah, that is a really good question. It's interesting. I'm not gonna lose sleep over it. Yeah, no, yeah. it's just, just wondering. But, but the, also, why were they there, right? Yeah, because it, the, the camera and the way the awesome. film was shot was uh, drawing attention to it. So I was like, oh, is there a reason for this? Yeah, they they do a real yeah, and and it was a pretty bad gash that was healed. Mike, get out of my freezer and say something. Um, I, I will. I'm, I will I'm not really sure where the other scar came from. <laughs> <laughs> I say this. Uh, one good thing about this film too was, unlike unlike a lot of crappier films, is all the blood was was real. It wasn't CGI. They they did like practical effects. Like when when she clubs uh, or or uses a hatchet to the the cop, and the blood starts squirting out of his head. That that was that was practical effects. It wasn't like the CGI fakes shit. Or maybe the CGI is just getting so good that you didn't notice. Well, I don't know. I'm watching the stand, and the the blood in that is terrible. So the, not all CGI I, is created equal. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. All right. Well, then, then whatever they use, whether whether it was practical effects or not, it, it was it was well done. I think it was practical, though. Yeah, you're probably right. I'm I'm just saying it's getting to the point where you can't yeah. automatically necessarily tell. Right, right. Unless it's just a crappy television show. Yeah, if it's crappy CGI, it's automatically detectable. But there is way better CGI that's not as detectable. <laughs> that's right. and, you know, and also, a lot of times, if the CGI is crappy, the movie's crappy anyway. Well, usually because shitty CGI means a shitty budget and something that they're not willing to put the time, effort, and money into. Right. Um, 
Now, whether it's because they looked at the final results of the film and thought it wasn't worth putting into it, or because they didn't have the the faith in it in the first place. Um, you know, there's films that, that are out there. I mean, look, there's certainly films from the 90s and early 2000s that have shitty CGI because that was the CGI they had. <laughs> right. That was the uh, best CGI available at the time. Like, yeah, I, I, I think the, uh, the Bloodstorm at the end of the first Blade film <laughs> uh, was, was absolutely god-awful. But that was actually, you know, a film that they did spend money on, but they, they just didn't have the resources to make that work. Um, the technology, right? Uh, well, both. I don't know if they had the technology to do it, and if they did, they didn't have the money to do it. Right. Um, at this point, you know, I look. I'm not somebody who bitches about. Look, if if it's a good movie, it's a good movie, regardless of how the blood lo- looks. Uh, most of the time, I really have to be looking uh, to really care about it. Sometimes it's very obvious and painful, um, but it, it's not a thing that makes me hate a film. You know, that's that's a particular fetish that some horror fans have that I'm just never on board with. I mean, I like authentic blood. The more authentic it looks, the better. But I don't care if the monsters are CGI or practical effects. If they work, they work. If they don't, they don't. I don't care that a guy in a gorilla suit with a space helmet on is a practical effect. It still sucks. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I didn't even really mean to compare it all the way to that. I, I just meant that the blood looked looked practical, and therefore it made it look more real, and therefore it made it look more gruesome, and therefore it didn't take me out of the film, mm-hmm. is what I meant. So in other words, I was praising the film. I wasn't trying to say, well, the CGI is crap. No, I get it. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, anything else anybody want to bring up? I think I'm good. Same here. All right. Sounds good. All right. So um, we're about two hours in. So I guess we'll just do a, a quick uh, um, house cleaning thing. Uh, Eric, you actually do another podcast with your buddy, Dan? I do. It's a general interest podcast called the Scancity Podcast. That's spelled A-S-K-A-N-C-I-T-Y. You can find it wherever you get podcasts. All right. And uh, Mike, Mike, uh and maybe about, uh, I don't know, the beginning of March, uh, me, you, and Eric may be doing a side podcast, starting it up again? All right, maybe. Uh, that would be Cinema a la carte, where we pick a movie that is not really dark discussions material, but is still something we would like to discuss. And the three of us take turns discussing films, new and old, uh, from Forbidden Planet to Collateral, to, oh, what was another film that Eric had us do? In and um, Out. Not In and Out. Uh, Inside Out. Inside Out, that's it. Yeah. Um, although we could do In and Out if you're a big Kevin Kline fan. I'm uh, a big fan. <laughs> uh, and, you know, so there are things that are still mostly genre picks, but just not dark necessarily genre picks they're not dark hostiles hostiles yes that was well, well they, they could be dark they're just not <laughs> necessarily uh films that would have been picked for dark discussions if that makes sense some of them like yeah you know like like uh unforgiven uh, what was that one that you the, what, what was the the, the cow, hostiles hostile that was kind of dark actually though the end was good it was pretty dark you know but it was yeah. a western that's why it was in there yeah, 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 exactly. 
Yeah. And then uh, style, it was more, more drama, and that wasn't really that dark. And then Inside Out, obviously, is not dark, but Collateral is pretty dark. Um, for, uh, the one that we're, we're oh, uh, Baby Driver is kind of not really dark, but it's thriller, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, all right, that's fail, Mike. I'll go with you. Yeah. So uh, start checking out that. Hopefully, we'll we'll be starting that up once. Uh, uh, don't tell me, I'll tell you. The Stand Podcast wraps up in three weeks. Um, and then we'll start trying to coordinate for a time to record Mike's next pick. And then it'll be my pick again, and then it'll go back to Eric. Um, and then we got, uh, like I said, uh, Don't Tell Me, I'll Tell You, The Stand Podcast, which is a weekly uh, podcast on the television series The Stand on CBS All Access. Uh, so if you are a fan of the book, maybe it'll be curious to even hear about that miniseries, even if you're not uh, watching it. Uh, also, a Discovery of Witches, Demons, and Vampires podcast, which is a weekly podcast on uh, the television series Discovery of Witches, which can be found on Shudder. Um, that we're following along uh, weekly, uh, doing an episode on each of the season's uh, episodes. Um, and then there's a number of other podcasts on the on the network that are out there, so there's probably something for everybody. Now, uh, let's get into our uh, final thoughts on this film. So, uh, hey, what do you think? Why don't you go? Um, overall, I really, really like this film a lot. Um, it's too bad I didn't get a chance to see it uh, last year, because uh, I think it would have ranked really, really high on my list. Uh, but I'm still glad we got a chance to visit it. I thought the performances of from our two lead actresses were fantastic. Uh, it was it, Once it got rolling, it Really didn't stop, and that kept. And I think for a lot of people, it'll keep you on the edge of the seat. And it's a really exciting film. Um, it's got some uh, eerie moments. It's got some really emotional moments. It's a really solid thriller. Um, and uh, if a Netflix account, whether you watch it in its original language or dubbed, uh, at least according to Phil, you can't go wrong. Uh, so uh, you know, Alfred, I'm. I got you to see it. This is a great film, and uh, so you should check it out. And uh, yeah, those are my thoughts. All right, Mike. Yeah, I think this was an outstanding film. Uh, it is certainly one of my. I would probably squeeze it into my top ten. Definitely my top twenty for the year. If I had seen it three weeks ago, um, and it's just a very memorable twist that I had not seen coming in terms of making uh, Pass Girl the, the psychotic serial killer, uh, and really just makes it such a wonderfully creepy premise, because uh, anything at that point could happen. I was fully expecting Future Girl like to lose a finger or something along the way. Um, that would have been cool. Yeah, I, I, she, did, she did get a boil in water. That was pretty horrific alone. Yeah, but I was expecting more, given what we had seen of the character up to that point. I was expecting it to go a lot further. Uh, I'm not saying I'm disappointed that it didn't, but that's what it was kind of that, uh, how it built you, you know, helps build that suspense, that tension, because just how far are they willing to go with it? Um, and so, yeah, there was a great sign and certainly kept me on the edge of my seat for that last hour. So um, it is almost like getting two movies in one. So highly recommended. Right, right. Well, they went all the way and, and killed off the, the protagonist, so that shows you something. 
Um, yeah, for me, um, yeah, it's a pretty solid film. Um, I would have had it uh, possibly on my top uh, 20 to 15. Um, and if not, it, it would definitely be in the top 30. Uh, it's a pretty solid film. Uh, really good acting. Um, it's uh, suspenseful, kept your engagement. Uh, some people may feel it was a little too long, but again, that, that as Eric said, um, you know, I mean, come on. But, uh, all in all, uh, very good film. Eric? Uh, yeah, I was the one that brought this to the table. I really liked it. It was number 10 on my end of the year list. Uh, I recommend it. All right. Sounds good. So, uh, once again, this is a 2020 film uh, from South Korea, uh, directed by uh, someone that uh, we've never heard of, uh, Chang Hyun Lee. He also wrote it based off of uh, Matthew Park Hill's original script for The Caller, which was the 2011 film that this is based off of. So it may be uh, worth everybody that's is interested or like this film to check out that one as well. Um, and uh, so right now it's available on Netflix. Uh, so with all that stated, Eric, why don't you leave this out? All right, thanks for tuning in and listening to us talk about the call. Come back next week, we'll have another topic. Mm-hmm.